Welcome to Bad Dads Film Review, the podcast where a group of dads make up for all the time we wasted parenting our children by meeting up once a week to chat a load of rubbish about a film we missed over the years. Grab a drink, or a whole bottle, or some smack or something, we won't judge, and settle in for this week's episode, where, inspired by our splendid new surroundings in Project 52, we're going to be talking about the top five TV and movie nightclubs, bars, pubs, and member clubs. We'll be talking about the kinds of places which make you want to dance on a bar or start a fight with a stranger. From the Moss Eisley Cantina to the Winchester, we've got it covered, and no doubt some of the cooler dads than me will be sharing their wildest stories of getting kicked out of various dives in various towns. But that's not all, folks. No, after that, we'll be reviewing the latest from acclaimed filmmaker Paul Thomas Anderson as he writes and directs the appallingly spelt licorice pizza. <laughs> Will it be a case of all style over substance, a cinematic masterpiece, or a more nuanced but less attention grabbing somewhere in between? You'll have to stay tuned in to find out. And then we finish up this week's show with a look at another coming-of-age story, this time the Netflix cartoon series 12 Forever, because let's face it, sometimes you need to indulge in some good old-fashioned animated escapism about 12-year-old girls going through puberty. <laughs> that sounds even worse out loud than it's written down. All that's left to do is introduce the dads. Starting with my ever-reliable, ever-wonderful co-host, Sidey, Hello. You, and I don't think listeners know this, but your left earlobe ends in a perfect geometric square, doesn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And you're, of course, a master of the kazoo, and you're touring the Chechen Republic with your band, the Sidey Strummers, this summer. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Tickets on sale now. And, of course, next up is Bad Dad Peter. His kids are like the seven dwarves, except there's more of them, and they never <laughs> stop singing. And, finally, helping us out tonight is the ravishing Romanian, a man so good-looking he could make a nun with a vow of celibacy breaker habits, Chris. Without an H. Without an H, yeah, mm. C-R-I-S. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and then finally, there's me, Beeks. Hello. 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 Why? <laughs> Did you watch anything good on the telly box, um, Have I watched anything good on the telly box? No, not really. A bit more Barry. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm enjoying that. The Bill Hader hitman comedy. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last time. Caught up with The Last of Us, that kind of thing. That was also super good this week as well too behind on that one i think mm. Mm. i finished yellow jackets fucking loving that and yeah. I, I read today because i had to you know like internet embargo on that sort of subject i think it's three weeks till season two starts oh that's exciting so yeah i'm, I'm strapped in for that i watched the mandalorian and what is it? the new one is yeah it, is it? Uh, yeah is there a new uh, one yeah started last week what friday or the first what day was the first first what last wednesday yeah, then. And Picard is crap. And <laughs> yeah, all that sort of stuff. So no other movies, I think. Just just telly stuff. It was good. It was a good week. Pete? I did, I did watch the movies. I, unfortunately, I was taken ill last week. Taken quite suddenly ill. Yeah. With a, a norovirus that swept through the house. But because I then had some... Were you, were you like, vomiting? Or were you, was it, it was vomiting. It was, it was, <laughs> it was exclusively out of, the, of that end. Oh, dear. <clears throat> That's horrible. But yeah, so I felt crap and, and I was off work the whole of the next day. And so what I did was watch the Mad Max films because... Oh, yeah, every I, single last one of them? I, no, I didn't watch Beyond Thunderdome because I didn't have time. Oh, is that the one that's got some subject matter? Down? Yeah, no, to, to be honest, I'd watch it again. It's, yeah. it's, it's an unfortunate placement of someone with Down syndrome. But yeah. it's... And the film itself, I remember being pretty good. I just... I watched Mad Max Fury Road first. 
what I can say is, is, is it, it was a blessing in disguise for you guys and the listeners that I wasn't on the episode last week because it would have gone on for about four or five hours whilst I just went on about how fucking incredible Mad Max Fury Road is. Yeah, and I'm, you told I'm, us you, you didn't think you didn't really care much for our review earlier as well. Didn't I didn't. You? I didn't say that. What I said, my exact. I mean, you interpret what I said how you wish, but what I said was it's an incredibly difficult film to to get over how epic it is yeah. just by talking about it you have it is a visual experience that you have to bit, see to believe a bit like our midweek film that we watched this week which is almost impossible to describe really yeah, yeah. um I had fun trolling you all week because you were worried that Riggs and I wouldn't have enjoyed Fury Road as much as you I, thought we should. I'm sure. So I'm, I kept telling you that it was average at best, etc. And I was well, away. I, because the thing is, I'm sure you've said in the past that that it's brilliant. But I know how fickle you, and you are as well. Like one one person on the internet goes, "Oh, it's a bit crap, isn't it?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, it's fucking shit." Like it's it's really. Yeah, yeah. That's what I do. You're exactly known, like you're known yeah. for that for not being able to like formulate your own opinions. So yeah, I watched that. I also finished the the, the what's it called series. It was only a four parter deceit. I was talking about it last time I was on here. It's a woman that was murdered in it. Is it an actual like murder? Uh, they really killed her the- of that. Yeah, for the film. No, for the <laughs> for the series. No, so it was back in the nineties. There was a woman who was murdered in a park, Lord. like in broad daylight. No, no one saw the actual murder, but like during the day, and you know, it was tragic. Like a little girl or boy, a boy it was, so like two and a half, just kind of like clinging to her body when someone walked past and found her, and oh, so God. it was kind of unraveling that. And it was like a, a honey trap that they set up for the person they believed to be the killer, who was just basically like some fucking loser like down and is like with birds but they yeah it all got thrown out and it turned out it was someone else and, and they persecuted some the wrong guy it was oh, quite interesting it. yeah yeah sounds hilarious chris i've watched the i've watched the movie called babylon oh okay all oh, right i started um, it yeah i started watching it i've watched that and it's it was good it was really good actually a bit long but, yeah. but I think sometimes it's, it's recently, three hours, isn't it? Yeah, recently most of the three hours, three and a half, whatever goes over three hours, you, you could cut the half an hour and, and make it a bit shorter, I think. But again, I, I enjoyed it. That, mm. that was nice. It's I've, Damien Chazelle's one, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah. Right. Yes, yeah. I've watched the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Oh, what do you think? Is that how you, call, how yeah, you yeah, say yeah, it? Right, yeah, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, yeah. <laughs> well, they all look like Ed Sheeran, really. So, what did you think? I really like that. Crazy, isn't it? I really yeah, like really that. Cool. It's it's my kind of movie, yeah. just dark, and I found it really funny. And I watched it with my girlfriend, and she thought I'm mental. For yeah, my that. missus wasn't a fan either. But uh, <laughs> it's sort of like in Bruges people. Yes, yes. yeah, all yeah, of them. Same, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and it's I I really enjoy that. I think Oscars this weekend, maybe. Hopefully it's because that's got the everything every all at once is the most nominated and then Banshees of Inisherin is the, the next most nominated. So hopefully those two do well because I really enjoyed both of those. I've not I've not seen that the, the first one, but I've also watched a movie called Till, the story about Emmett Till, which is pretty much the biggest profile of of racism and ever in the United States, where in in the deep south there's a kid from i'm pretty sure it's chicago or new york he goes to visit his cousins in mississippi he whistles at a, at a woman it's a, it's a very high profile case he whistles at a woman and yeah. just says to her that she's beautiful or something just a white woman he's lynched isn't and he? he he but but they they do a job on him yeah no i know this story and the mom who is an absolute hero and it's a true story yeah she 
decides to have an open casket they find him two weeks later in a river Just, in a swamp yeah. really where, where he was actually half eaten by gators and all sorts of animals in, in the swamp and it's a tragic story but it kind of opens your eyes in a way of at, at things that happen and you think this is 1930s is not that long ago mm. you know i mean yeah obviously, yeah exactly a hundred years ago but but our grandparents were alive that time oh, no. so, yeah. so it's you know we we don't even think about things like that but it was it was a nice i won't call it nice but it was a a very interesting movie and and quite sad really mm. And I've watched the Britney Spears documentary because I've watched the Pamela Anderson one and you kind of see her boobs and they show you pictures of her and all that. <laughs> so I thought Britney's going to be good. Yeah. At least for that. Obviously, I watched it with my girlfriend and she really loved it. And it was it was another sad one, really, to be honest. I yeah, think she's, she's gone quite bonkers. I think now, she's quite she? mentally unwell. It just well, <laughs> it's more of the story. The fa- And this is another one that we have that opinion. I I used to think that. Just, just from what she posts online. But if you watch, if you watch the actual, and it's made by the New York Post or the New York Post or New York yeah, Times. So the New York Times. So it's made by a newspaper. Mm. So it's journalism from r- written journalism to to imagery, when it's interviews and documentary and all that stuff with with people that know her. Everyone and she's got this conservatorship or, or conservatory. Yeah, yeah, it's gone now, but she did have. Yeah, for well, that's what, when when the movie was made. She had this system that only exists, I think, in the US, where she's totally controlled. Wasn't she she yeah. was yeah. totally controlled. But this is the only case in the history of that kind of stuff where the person is actually able to work because she mm. was booking shows in in Las Vegas right, yeah. for three years, and she made I think sixteen million dollars. Mm within that time so she was perfectly able to work and look after herself and the idea was in the movie that she doesn't actually want her to have the money so she doesn't want to go and buy i don't know an elephant and two private jets she wants a trust and a bank to look after her interests mm-hmm. rather than her dad so mm-hmm. basically she doesn't want to be told what to do by her by dad. dad yeah she wants to make the choice of how she makes money and everything else in the future but yeah that's what i watched and and Highly recommend. Mm. Cool. We pl- begged and pleaded for some cracks to complete our top five cracks from a few weeks back. Yeah, we and had two cracks. We did, yeah. Mel, the lovely Mel, I should say, nominated Florence Pugh from the Don't Worry Darling movie. Yeah. Cracking eggs and being all confused about what was going on. She even kindly uh, added a photo because I've not seen that film yet. No, me neither. I do want to see it, but I've heard quite a lot of... Is that Harry Styles? Yeah, isn't it? and all the like, soap opera stuff that was going on around that movie. Miss Pugh and all that. And... Joe Bevis nominated the cracks that the piranhas come out of in the movie Piranha. Yeah. Nice. That's a great shout. Whose crack is best out of that? Who do you like, Joe's crack or Mel's crack? I like Mel's crack. I think we'll go with Mel's crack. We also had quite a lot of follow-up on Max Monomore from from last week. This was the the chimp-loving Yeah. Yeah. So there there was one that I was thinking. This was not chimp-loving, but it was firstborn yeah the charles dance one and i was yeah. trying to think of that last week when we were going on because i remember that because it was a bbc thing it was quite oh. a big deal yeah so that was weird and then stevie robinson and i think darren leafley mentioned the other one was it chimera which looks i've seen that as well terrifying yeah fantastic so that's, that's films about kind of like human animal hybrid yeah children yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a theme for one. For, well, the, for well the, but the but the Max Monomore wasn't about the children. It was just about the woman oh. who falls in love with the chimp. <laughs> yeah, 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 which yeah, yeah, which is completely normal. Yeah, I, did, I had a Max, 
Yeah, okay. Well, it was it was only one, but it was the uh, the dog in the Grinch is called Max. Okay, so you said Max, right. like that was Sean Connery, but yeah, the dog in in both film iterations of the Grinch the dog is called Max yeah and we've had a few shouts already for this week's top five which we should get onto now yeah top five bars members clubs nightclubs all of that stuff drinking establishments yeah really Um, inspired by our current premises because of our gracious host Mr Chris over there yeah throughout it as a, i mean specific at the beginning you said well it's a private members bar so why don't we do that but i think we just hijacked it and made it broader because couldn't be asked to really like do think loads too hard loads yeah. of homework but i think yeah bars clubs that kind of thing it's it's stick to ground. ones where we know the name of the establishment that's what i have on my list okay that's good that's good that's good, that's good research pete the name of. okay well why don't you kick it off okay well i will kick it off and only because this is the one that this is the only one that i think is technically a private club in the sense that only certain people can go in it and reeks mentioned it in the intro which is a cantina by Moss Eisley. Mm. and as we know their kind aren't welcome in here so mm. this is you know it's explicitly no robots allowed yeah in robot racism yeah it is, although there's all other kinds of waifs and strays and and yeah, I think robots are least of their worries. I know that you've got the guy with the with the well, he's nose. wanted in ten systems. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be dead. Honda Barber and Doctor Cornelius Everzan. Yeah, so Paolo and I. Well, before that, it was it was me and another mate, Gareth, who had this thing we used to. <laughs> like basically dare each other to like sit down at a bar next <laughs> next to someone that we didn't know tap him on the shoulder when they turn around it was always a bloke tap him on the shoulder and he'd be like my friend doesn't like you <laughs> just just to see if they got it and then quite a lot of the time they'd kind of like just look back the other way and then sat them on the shoulder I don't like you either. <laughs> Never got battered whilst doing that, but yeah, it's it's absolutely iconic. In fact, the the pub that I used to do that in, I it was the one that I, it was the Western in Jersey that I used to drink in, right. and I invited my mum in there once when I was about <laughs> 17, 18, and she came in. It must have been like, eighteen. It must have been eighteen, 18 of yeah. course. Yeah, and she even said to me, "She was like, oh my god, this is like that bar in Star Wars." <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that was it's got a special place in my heart, but yeah great thing obviously you've got you know that that's it that little so there's loads of little sub scenes in it you've got that bit you've got the the greedo han han shot yeah, first the guy who has like it's a sort of like flat yeah. face that goes up like that yeah like, like a l shaped like a toffee yeah yeah that's been there's one out. of those in the book of boba fett i think all right He's, i had the toy of that uh, did you? yeah it's yeah, pretty cool. not a very practical toy i'd imagine no. i've been watching oh that's the other thing i've been watching andor this week i've been trying it's to catch up with that yeah it's really right. good yeah. and of course it introduced us to the uh, jizz whaling yeah that's right yeah well, i've forgotten their name something, something. max rebo max rebo max rebo and, and the, the jizz whalers, whalers. Yeah, yeah 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 so that, that's my opening gambit all right very good chris what you got first one i have is uh, is a pub in a movie called we man it's a Scottish movie about a guy called Paul, I can't remember his... Hardcastle. Paul Ferris. Yeah. And it's also about one of the biggest gangsters in Scotland. It's, it's based on a real story, and the pub is called the Ponderosa. The Ponderosa. Mm. And, and it's where this Paul Thompson runs his, his drug empire from, and it's, it's in the movie. It's actually quite a good movie with all, an old Scottish 
cast. Ah, I've not heard and of it. And it's 2013. It's, it's it's actually quite good. And there's quite You're a probably lot... not in the mood for another subtitle film now, are you? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. You can understand how much I love it there. But uh, that's there, there's a lot of action happening in there, and and that's where the wee man basically takes over the business of of the biggest gangster at the time. And, and I can't help but think of the guy from Jackass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's not involved in this one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> could have been a very different movie. Yeah. It would have been a lot different. And yeah. he probably would have been killed in the first five minutes okay. of this movie. But I would watch that. <laughs> but, but that's, that's the one, the first one I have and, and I'll pass it to Saidi and, and then I'll come. Well, mm, probably, it's tough to say favorite of all time but one of the tv series that really had a lasting impact on me is buffy the vampire slayer and in that certainly in the first three series in the the around the high school that they go to there's a nightclub called the bronze and it's where all the the scoobs and the rest of their gang hang out and it's like an underage kind of place because obviously they're still at school and they go they go to this place but they have some rad bands that play there as well and chibo mato don't know if you know them but they're they played sugar water which mm-hmm. is a fucking great track they played there at the bronze and i'm currently this is topical trying to amass a vinyl collection of chibo mato so that was good the bronze nice Mm. I'm going to go for the Corova Milk Bar mm. from A Clockwork Orange that we reviewed on yeah. this there pod not that long ago. It's a lovely place, the sort of place where you just drink down your drug-laced milk <laughs> on a table made out of mannequins yeah. and contemplate killing people. Ultra-violence, yeah. Yeah, a bit the old ultra-violence. So the Corova Milk Bar, just as iconic, I think, is the End of Line Club from Tron Legacy. Oh, yeah, with Daft Punk. Blaring Playing in my house, yeah. Yeah, and a sort of strict black and white policy because everybody's in black or white, which seems a bit... But then it looks different because of the UV lights. Yeah. It's rad. And really cool. Yeah, yeah. And Martin, Michael Sheen. Martin Sheen? A Sheen. One of the Sheens. Mr. Sheen. Mr. Sheen, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the scene where it kicks off is where Darth Blanc are playing d which yeah. is a fucking absolute, absolute banging bang. Sheen. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's so good. Yeah. Back to me. Okay. Right, so this, this is a film that I've never... I don't, I don't know how deeply into it that we've delved of your dislike or even possibly hatred for its side, but mm. you really don't like the film The Blues Brothers. No. Um, I hate we, it. We, we can maybe elaborate on that if you want, but there's, there's a, a funny scene, and it is funny, in the, in the film where you've got Jake and Elwood... Mm. So you've got Belushi, the funnier Belushi, and Dan Aykroyd, the, the the brothers, and or in the band anyway. And Jake's meant to have booked a gig for them, but hasn't done. And so he's just driving around for like three hours, basically trying to find a bar that they can like rock up at, and he can then just like completely fake it that they've made a booking and they're going to do a performance or whatever and they come across a, a pub called bob's country bunker which is like out in the absolute it's like rednecksville out in the arse end of nowhere they're obviously all dressed in their like suits and sunglasses and all their like kind of blues gear and they start unloading he's like oh this is it and it's like it says on the thing outside oh tonight only the good old boys and and they're like oh th- th- that's not our name he's like, oh they've got it wrong i explicitly said blues brothers not good old boys and he goes in he has to like fake that that the, they're on on the bill that night sounds amazing so he turns up <laughs> turns up i mean you can basically say that about anything right if if you don't like it um, so so he goes to the he goes up to the bar yeah yeah we're the we're the band they, oh you good old boys yeah 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 and um 
like the guy comes across and, and hands them a list and he's like, what's this? And he goes, oh, these are all the songs you have to play tonight. And they both, you got this like ridiculously like partisan crowd and, and they say to him like, oh, what kind of music do you play? And he goes, oh, we play both types of music, country and Western. <laughs> and obviously they're, they're getting out like trumpets and stuff from the car that I'm going to go down with it. And as soon as I get to the stage to the sound check, there's like chicken wire all around the stage and they, they know what kind of place this is. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. And then they get on stage and they start playing a bit of a bit of blues they start getting bottles and everything thrown at them so then they sort of like turn around into a huddle and come back and then do a one two three four and do the theme song to rawhide because that's the only thing that they think they all know that's like could be country and western and the crowd absolutely love it it. and then they just do a couple of renditions of that but why do you hate it side just didn't like it okay chris i've got a pub another pub in a movie called snatch yeah and it's uh, called samoan joe's Ah, uh, so that's in Lockstock. Is it Lockstock? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, that's in Lockstock, yeah. Oh, is that yeah. where they come up with the plan? Ask ticklers and all that? No, it's the one where he says, I could fall uh, in love with an orangutan in this. Get rid of this, give me a Diet Coke. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he gets... Because it's a Samoan Joe, so it's like a cocktail. It's, I think it's just it's around the corner place. from... The, yeah, yeah, it's just from around where the, they play poker. From where they play poker, so they right. kind of meet up there for a bit of Dutch courage. But then there's also a brilliant scene where, like, Danny John Jules, the, the cat from mm. Red Dwarf, mm. he, does, oh, like, the, he does the Cockney thing talking yeah. yes. about Rory Breaker. That's what I didn't understand. I, Clara, I clearly Clara. didn't understand what he was talking about. Well, and, it, it was subtitled. Yeah, in it, the actually, movie, yeah, yeah. it's subtitled. That's, 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 that's one I, I remember. I actually thought it was Snatch, but, yeah, it, it was Lockstock and Simone Joe. That's, that's a classic, especially for the, yeah. for the bit British public. I also have Harry's Bar. Which is Venice? Venice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's invented by Cipriani, and is where the is the home of the Bellini. Yeah, I've I've had a Bellini in in Harry's bar. Well done. I, I <laughs> that's a huge well done. I expected nothing else from <laughs> Isn't you. Isn't it one of those where if you sit yep. like X, it's ten euros. So, if you sit so at the, the bar, so the it's Bellini, a million euros. It's no, 15, Bellini is huh? like it's, when I was there. It was it's a shot basically. It's like a it's a long shot, shot glass yeah. of Bellini. And if you want to stand at the bar and have it, it was 16 euros. If you want to sit down, 20 euros. You have to pay per drink. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mental. It's nothing to a man of your means, though, Pete. Exactly. Well, it, it's been in a few movies, one of them being the James Bond with Sean Connery. I can't really mm. remember the name of it, but he meets one of the Spectre. That View to a Kill, I think. Could be. It's where the pigeon does a double take. Oh, with the best Bond in it. It could be. I, I, I think I, I might be getting, I have to I put my hand up and, and say I don't really remember. I remember the scene. And it's also a documentary about Harry's Bar, which is it's actually quite good because they, unlike every other Italian, they don't put all the flowers on it. They'll just tell you how it is. And, and it's quite spot on and, and on it. And side. Cool. Well, a bit of a link to our main feature, Boogie Nights. Yeah. Um, is What's the, the, it's the name of the nightclub uh, yeah. at the very start it's the long tracking shot and yeah. this is a, there's a lot of homage to Goodfellas in Boogie Nights and it starts off with a long tracking shot through a nightclub much like Henry Hill and his journey into the club and the, yeah the well, club, they've got the bamboo lounge in Goodfellas that's right Boogie Nights is the name of the film and the nightclub and later on they do a like choreographed dance to I think the tune's called Machine Gun it's fucking belter but it's great and yeah bamboo lounge yeah. up in smoke mm. yeah bad times i got a couple of gay bars for you sweet you ever you ever been to a gay bar yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 All right. so i've got the toolbox 
in Wayne's World too. There's a bit where they're following the producer guy and they're all like dressed. It's the gag you can see coming a million miles away. So like dressing up as a policeman and one's a construction worker. (laughs) And then they end up in the toolbox doing the YMCA. And definitely, probably, this is not all that politically correct, but the probably laughing at more than with gay bar, the Blue Oyster Bar in the Pink in the Police Academy movies. And I fondly remember making the sound of that disco. (laughs) 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 Um, There's a load of guys dressed as bikers with like ass ass chaps. Yeah, yeah. leather club chaps. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think that's. There's the one in The Simpsons where Homer thinks that Bart, he's worried because it's a John Waters episode where yeah. he's, he's worried that Bart might be gay. Yeah. So he takes him to like a construction, no, it's a steel mill, isn't it? Yeah. And then it's, it's like they just press a button and it turns into a gay nightclub. Everybody <laughs> dance. <laughs> Homer has a total freak out. Yeah. Yeah. We we work hard, we play hard. (laughs) Yeah, no, but he freaks out because there are no fire exits. No, that's That's... in the lesbian bar. (laughs) (laughs) They're all like, it's all like blatant dykes, and he's like looking around and you you think he's going to say something like that. And he's like, there's no fire exit in this lesbian bar. Amazing. Another another good club. from the film Bugsy Malone is Fat Sam's Grand oh, Slam, yeah. which has its own song Fat with it. Fat Sam, Grand Slam. Yeah. Honestly, um, reckon I watched that film like 50 plus times when I was a kid. Yep, same. I was thinking it'd be a good midweek mention, I think it'd actually. be terrible. Yeah. Yeah? No, you, no you're right. And what it did is it, is it begged, the, it, other than the question that, that it, it's one of those things that crops up every... Was it like, okay to yeah. fancy Jodie Foster in that film? No, is it is it still okay to fancy Jodie Foster in that film now? Because mm. when I first saw it's, it... It's a grey area. Well, hang, hang on. Because obviously when I first saw it, she was like 13 or something like that. And I'd have been younger than that. So well, well if was, she's 13, then it's a definite no. Hang on. You haven't let me finish. I was like 13. Well, you shouldn't finish with 13. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's never difficult finish. to work out where you're going to go from here that's going to make this better. <laughs> yeah. But if I was, say, 11 or 12 when I first saw it, it's perfectly okay for me to fancy her, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So it's yeah. still okay now, yeah? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But like, what's changed? I don't think that's how she's, it works, Peter. She's older, and so am I. Yeah. It's, it's okay for you to fancy Jodie Foster now. And not as the 13-year-old Toluca. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. come on. You've been a bit, like... I don't a think... A bit of a killjoy there. Stop <laughs> cock-blocking me, will you? Well, something tells me it's, it wouldn't. she wouldn't reciprocate anyway. No. <laughs> Who not knows? with that attitude <laughs> anyway it's a 10 out of yeah, 10 movie though I, I did it's it's a and i was thinking yeah. amid, amid yeah or should we just leave it the hell alone <laughs> yeah but there are a few i did do a little bit of digging to see where some of them are now other than like dexter fletcher's obviously gone on to do some stuff and scott bayo was chachi in <laughs> in thingy yeah. johnny loves chachi <laughs> but a few of Blous- them probably brown joined joined the military yeah. john cassisi who was fat sam himself served two years in prison for a bribery scheme <laughs> And Martin Lev, who was Dandy Dan, killed himself, age 32. All right. So not all happy endings. And Bonnie Langford, oh no, she didn't kill herself, gutted. And was that all because of the film? No. Oh, right. None of it was anything to do with the film. It Although, because you, of you, Pete. let's say yes, just yeah. to make it, mm. yeah. I've got two coming up. One of the greatest clubs ever invented, Studio 54. Yeah. In the movie Studio 54, I don't think we have to go through it too much, but allegedly, well, not allegedly, there's the, the, the most famous picture is when there's at the same party when Rick James, Eddie Murphy's brother, and Madonna are at the same party, but there's also a donkey in the VIP room. Yeah. A live donkey in yeah. the nightclub. Yeah. Which is 
what you do really. Yeah. I don't want to know what happened in that room with the donkey, but that would be one that I would always recommend. And and if if I would want to go back in time, that would be the time if I would be allowed there, because apparently the rules were quite strict on on who gets in or who doesn't. You'd be all right, Chris. Only donkeys. They're letting donkeys in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you you can't come in, but that donkey can. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a uh, and the second one is in American Gangster Smalls, which is Frank Lucas's nightclub. Denzel. Yes. Yeah. He he has a, a nightclub, and that's where Cuba Gooding comes in. And yeah. That's Pepsi. That's a brand name, and and all that. That's happened. That happens in his nightclub and and that's a, a really cool scene let's say and that's it's a good movie tony scott i think yeah it could be I I, the better scott mm. and those are my two recommendations i don't think anyone will beat studio 54 was velvet goldmine about that or was it just like a appropriated kind of version of it so you like a Ewan McGregor film. Anyway, let's not dwell on that. The Terminator was the f- actually the first one I thought of on this subject because it has the the nightclub tech noir. Yeah. Mm. Sarah Connor goes in and uses the fucking telephone and you're like, there's, there's no way. <laughs> I just This is literally like a payphone in like yeah. the middle of a nightclub and she's on the phone to the police. Like, I'm not sure that would work. One that it's actually a chain of members clubs is called Soho House. Yes. Mm. Soho House. I've actually been to a Soho House. Yeah. So- I've, been to, I've been to the Soho one. Yeah, uh, so. This one appears in various TV shows, including uh, this, well, I think it's a movie, actually, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, I have and, seen that. Uh, yeah, you're a fan. Dan's a fan of that as well. And House of Cards, I've not seen, but it's also an entourage, which I have seen a little bit of. It's fairly turd. But that was, yeah, people, there's like a lot of blind eyes being turned to what goes on in those sort of places, I think. I've been to the one in Berlin. Yeah. And it's, it's actually, it's really, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's nice. Nice vibe and, and all that. And the same, you got Soho Farmhouse. There's a couple of them in England. Yeah. Where, where There's fucking loads. They're all over the world where now. Is, where it's yeah. more, more kind of country vibes. And, yeah. and there's obviously the one in Soho where it all started. Pretty wild, but, yeah. But it's... It's good. one of those that you need a couple of people to, to like back your yeah. application the members to back your application. Then once you're in, like if, if, if one of us was a member and we all went over, you would all... Be on, you, just, right. you could just put people on the guest list, it's fine. Because we went over for one of our friends who used to play football with us, Easton, went over his 40th, I think it was, and he had like 15 of us on the guest list, you know, and we all went in and it was fucking wild. So, yeah, good times in the same Dean Street Townhouse is part of the same. It's in the same thing. chamber, it's and, just and a it's bar. It's good for, yeah, it's good for, for celeb spotting. Celeb spotting. You saw a short John, fella. John Snur. Yeah. I saw the. Um, and I met Paul, Mer- Paul Merson in there as well. I saw Voldemort in there having lunch with, I'm guessing, either his daughter or he's got the same thing as I have with Tallulah, really. He was taking out a 12 Did he have his nose with him? <laughs> he, did, he did have a nose. Okay. So, yeah, uh-huh. they must have surgically reattached that. Was he eating her soul? No. No, no, no. Just no. a steak. There probably. was some Death Eaters outside, though. And I also saw the guy from Life of Pi and the film I mentioned before, Slumdog Millionaire, completely forgotten his name. Dev Patel? Yes. Fairly sure he was doing gear in the, in in the box. Huh? That's not him in London. Is it no, not? No. Oh, okay, sorry. That's, but it's uh, London, that's really so there's probably people doing it. There were people yeah, doing drugs. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's stick with that. Cool. I've got a load of TV ones for you, some soapy ones for you. Charlie's Bar in Neighbours. Remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. Cat and Fiddle in The Archers, if you ever listen to that. The Dog in the Pond, Hollyoaks. The Queen Vic in EastEnders. The Feathers in the Royal Family and the Rovers Return in Coronation Street. I don't really wow. watch. Yeah, but it was all, all British stuff. Did you say the Nags Head? No. What was that? 
What? I, you're not an Only falls, not, I'm not a fan. Wanker. I saw the little clip of when Dell's at the bar and he's ordered a big yeah. round of drinks and he says to Mike, I've, I've only got five. I'll give you five of these drinks if I can get you to turn your hands over. Yeah. And so he's like, right, put your hands <laughs> over. And he's like, yeah, because no, the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> Even I've heard of an accent. What's wrong with you, Reese? Yeah, it's trolling. It's, he's just trolling, trolling Pete. Pete. <laughs> There's also located on the corner of Whitten Street and Garrison Lane in Birmingham is the favourite drinking spot of the Peaky Blinders, the Garrison Pub. I've never seen any of the Peaky Blinders. It's good. It's good. And, you know, becomes an integral part of the show because Thomas Shelby uses it to conduct his gangster business out of. I feel like I I don't need to watch it because I I live in it because there's enough dickheads with flat caps and waistcoats walking around now that I'm I was waiting no I was waiting for the flat cap reference yeah the, the show must be bad then on that basis well yeah like <laughs> and like uh, the Blues Brothers yeah and of course Peter the best TV club well club I'm gonna say nightclub is the Bada Bing and oh, yes, strip yeah, club yeah, Sopranos absolutely. I'd love Sopranos. to go there and have a drink with the boys wouldn't you <laughs> Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and was, with the girls. Yeah, yeah. And with the girls, yeah. <laughs> it was some amazing scenes set in the Bada Bing. You know, memorable ones, I guess, when Tony and Silvio agree to have Richie appeal, Priel killed, when Ralph Cifaretto beats his oh. pregnant girlfriend Tracy to death in oh, the car park. so bad, yeah. Where Johnny Sack informs Tony's prepared to reconcile with him after Ralph insults his wife. Do you remember that one? Yeah. The joke. Paulie has a vision of the Virgin Mary hovering over the dance floor, which mm-hmm. leads him to reconcile with his I think it was his mum that yes. he never knew was his yeah, mum yeah, that yeah. was his aunt or some bizarre yeah. thing and Sylv- and uh, Christopher Moltisanti puking in the toilet after a heroin binge yeah um, yeah so. oh, happy times <laughs> happy times yeah fond memories the last one that I'll go on about I-, I mentioned this film maybe for the first time last time I was on here and this is another fucking really gripping tense scene is the now, this is the one maybe I don't know the name of. It is referred to as the Basement Tavern yeah. in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. And another, like, I mean, it's it's a while since I watched the film, maybe three. Is that where they get rumbled? Yeah. 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 But just again, like, so it goes from kind of like, you know, it's just like a, a, a speakeasy type place where people are having like fun. They're playing that dopey game where they've got, you know, names written on their heads. They have to guess who they are and mm. stuff. And then it just... Cut, this is coming together of like what you know a nazi major yeah. and and michael fassbender who's like masquerading as a as a german and you know and he's i can't remember what it is that, it's that so he tense tri- he that- orders a eventually he's sort of he's sort of grilling him but not grilling him that nicely nicely shit and yeah. then at the end when he orders three whiskeys he does it like that yeah or like that i can't remember he does it the wrong way it's and- called la louisiane the name of the the tavern, yeah. Right. It's a basement tavern in the small village of Nadine, north of Paris, France. Uh, wow, there we go. So I, I hadn't done my homework well enough, but yeah, yeah. what what a scene! And a, yeah, like when you know, and the guy just hangs around. They're trying to get rid of him. They they keep do, they're doing it in polite ways and in funny ways and everything, and he won't go. And then eventually, in about fifteen seconds, everyone's dead. There's a bit, yeah, the bit where he just says, oh, "I've got my pistol pointed at your balls." Yeah, Fassbender's like, "Well, I've had my gun pointed at your balls since you sat down." And the other guy just comes along and sticks his dick, sticks his balls. At, uh, yeah, fuck me, sticks dick his in his balls, gun. On his balls, yeah. and you know how's about that. And then he's the first one to blow. You just see a load of blood fly up, and then there's all this shooting under the table, and then everyone's just cut to pieces. It's yeah, intense, intense. 
The last one I have is a members club, but I think is more of a of a hotel chain private club is the Continental in John Wick. Yeah. Which I mean, I would imagine most of us have seen John Wick or never seen all any of them. He's a crybaby about that. They're about dogs, and I can't. I They're don't. Dogs about about dogs. I would say he's more about killing people than anything else. Oh, because, all because someone killed his dog and his wife. You would bah. really, really like it. Honestly, well, you would it doesn't sound it. very good. Like Blues Brothers. Yeah, but right. it's it's a very interesting concept with with the coins and and yeah. the the yeah. history and it's the got a whole like lore about it, it it's yeah, yeah you, you you don't it's hallowed ground as well isn't it you can't it's, yeah you don't violate yeah. the rules fight. this is everyone's level here you, yeah. you do something you get punished everyone knows it it's it's a, i think it's a brilliant concept and i do enjoy the the john wick franchise let's say yeah. i think they as as any sequel it kind of gets a little bit repetitive because he just ends up killing everyone and that's yeah, great though you kind of know it but <laughs> i know it's great and it's also i've seen the, the i don't know how you call it in english the, the trailer uh, not the trailer the the way he trains to, oh, yeah, for, yeah. for the role and yeah. stuff and he does uh, keanu reeves honestly he is amazing with yeah. the way the way he prepares for the role and he does the tactical shooting apparently there's these places in america where you can go and you can train to to do well, to replicate what a Navy SEAL or, or a, <laughs> I don't know, Delta Force or whatever these people are to, to shoot. Obviously not at that level, but they'll train you to, yeah. to look as real as possible. And uh, that's actually for a man that likes a, an action movie. So many people get shot in the face in that. Franchise. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's just mm. like, because it's, it's assassin, so it's headshots. It's know, the, the highest count of uh, killing in any movie in the history the john wick franchise really? the the top five the top th the three john wicks is in the top five of people getting killed in movies ever wow i thought hot shots part duh was was heavy because <laughs> you know it's got the counter on uh, the screen and they're just like throwing bullets at people and yeah. Dying, yeah i've got yeah. some fictional ones just to finish off my list one actually i've not seen is the double deuce that's from roadhouse that's being remade the blue iguana from the adventures of ford fairline club silencio that was that really fucking weird place from Marvel oh, Drive. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. The Peach Pit, a fictional diner from Beverly Hills 90210, but it had a secret nightclub in the basement. Ooh. And the Bang Bang Club is the members-only club from Zoolander. It's also the Bang Bang Bar is from Twin Peaks. Yes. Saw that today. Why do I not remember that? <clears throat> She's not very good at this. Remember, well, I remember One Eye Jacks. The Bang Bang Bar. Okay. Yeah. All right. I've got a few more as well. I've yeah. got the bar scene in Argentina from X Men First Class, where he uh, Magneto goes all crazy finding Nazis. The slaughtered lamb in American Werewolf in London, one of those horrible like pubs where insular pubs where the English locals don't want Americans coming in because they'll turn into werewolves. We haven't even mentioned Moe's Tavern. Oh from shit! Yeah, The yeah. Simpsons, which seems like a gross oversight. It's a place that's held a Russian roulette tournament. Um, <laughs> Shamu in the background. Yeah, it's involved in panda and whale smuggling. <laughs> They're getting back to SeaWorld. <laughs> it's been a prohibition bar. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Also, what else have we got? There were so many of these. Oh, the Quantum Leap. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the last episode? He actually leaps into a bartender in a bar and he never leapt home and mm. all that. The Titty Twister in from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. yeah, what a place. Yeah, there were so many. Yeah. Uh, oh, that bar in Coyote Ugly. <laughs> Oh God! It's called Coyote, 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 Coyote yeah. Ugly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll rattle off a few. You, you mentioned it the, in the intro. The Winchester from Shaun of the Dead, Crosslands 
Anyone know where that's from? It's where Begbie throws his pint oh, over okay, his shoulder yeah, yeah. in oh, train spotting. Good. You've got Esmeralda's Barn, which was the actual name of the club that owned by the craze, which was like sort of bar dance hall where like, they get all their family in and everything and have a like, nice little dance and then they're like slicing through people's hands in like, snooker table pockets down in the basement and stuff. The imaginative, imaginatively named Club Blood in Blade where the where the blood pours out oh, of yeah. the uh, sprinklers and then a couple of Indiana Jones ones, the Raven Saloon, which is yes. the bar in, it's Marion's bar in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And can you remember what the name of the club is at the beginning of Temple of Doom? No. It's a Star Wars reference. Club Obi-Wan. Oh, okay. oh yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Right. And that's uh, me out. Well, we've got some online ones. Mel has mentioned Moss Eisley, which we've we've talked about. Uh, Joe Bevis is, says the only correct answer, he is wrong, because he's gone for Jack Rabbit Slims from Park Fiction. That's a dino, it's isn't a it? It's a restaurant, really. It's a dino, yeah. yeah. He's, 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 he's out of your mind. Wake up and grow up, Joe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Breachy with the nightclub from Trainspotting. I can't remember if it, it was ever named, was it? Ooh, I don't know the name of it, no. But I'm pretty sure that when they're in there, Heaven 17... Temptation is playing and it's a fucking tune. Is that the one where um she, well, there's, there's where spud, he, boy, spud goes home and shits the bed? Yeah, they? and Renton meets the schoolgirl. Yeah. She yeah, she gets up for school the next day and is fucking mortified. Whereas Pete's trying to hook up with Tallulah. Yeah. <laughs> She's fictional. There's literally no one's being harmed yeah. here. And also we've had Andy Jameson mentions Lucifer, which obviously Dan really likes. There's a place in there it's called the Lux or just Lux and Stevie Robinson's a fan and has been to it so that's pretty cool Rick's in Casablanca Darren Leafley yeah. the bar and well police where uh, <laughs> it's followed by the you can see the massive amounts of vomit <laughs> Darren also mentions the Winchester and all of the pubs that are in the world's end oh yeah yeah but I didn't like that film at all well, the word the last one's called the world's called end it, yeah. so that was good right should we put in a an entry each <clears throat> yes I'm gonna have to go for for my gal Fat Sam's <laughs> Grand Slam isn't I <laughs> the crash yeah <laughs> Studio 54 the bronze most having cool and we've got some good nominations but we'll see what else we get over the week yeah <laughs> We've just feasted on cheese. That was an epic cheese interlude. I'm a bit sleepy now, <laughs> if I'm honest. We had a, a smorgasbord of cheese there. I don't know what they're all necessarily called. So we had a Stilton, we yeah. had a, a Black Sticks Blue, if yep. I'm right, Chris. We had some Wookie Hole Cheddar, mm. which is strong. We had a Brie. We had the thing you brought, the Sands. That was a bit disappointing. Yeah. To be honest, yeah, it was there like wasn't a lot to that, was there? No. Some nice rosemary biscuits, which were fantastic on a flavour front, but a bit crumbly, but that's because some dick forgot the toast. I did forget the toast. I left those at home. Saws. And, and that was good. We've we've got a little a good wine accompaniment from Jam Shed, and then we've got some amaretti biscuits just to take the edge off after that. Mm. And some and Ferrero Rochers. Yeah. Yeah, really spoiling us. Yeah, really really delightful. And we watched a movie with food in the title, which segues almost too well. Yeah. And Reese, you were right to point out how barbarically it's spelled, because yeah. it really fucking is. Licorice pizza. Yeah, do you know what? I have to say, I, I, obviously, I'm I, English is not my first language, so when I searched for the movie, I, I my girlfriend was watching it, and I thought, oh, let me see if we might enjoy this. I didn't really pay attention to what it was. And I was like, oh, maybe we try watching this. But then when I was searching for it, 
I tried to spell it the way I remember like normally spell licorice, it, yeah. Yeah. and it didn't the really problem. come up. Yeah. yeah, and then I, I have to say I I kind of did a double take and I had to kind of send a message to myself on WhatsApp to see exactly <laughs> how, how, is it how is it spelled yeah. with with text whatever text check or whatever it's predictive called predictive text yeah, yeah predictive text just to make sure I didn't I'm not stupid I just thought this is wrong but let's not get too hung up on that no that's yeah because it's largely, has nothing it's to do with largely irrelevant to the actual <laughs> film which i would describe as just like a homage to the 70s it's sort of coming of age it's kind of like it's a bit once upon a time in hollywood-esque yeah. when it's mixing of like real stories that happened in hollywood and this coming of age type you know, much less of the violence with the flamethrower in that. But <laughs> yeah. well, there's nearly a flamethrower in this. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it is. A, you're right. It's a coming of age kind of romance. Well, it is a romance, controversial romance. It's much like Pete and Toledo, really. <laughs> Nothing like that because I was 11 when I started fancying the 13 year olds. So okay. That's fine. Well, in this, there is a considerable age gap given their own age, and he is underage. Yes. So we could get into that if you like. But it's, and I didn't know this till later on, but it's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Yeah. Cooper Hoffman. He looks and just then, like him. And then when, you, when I read that, I was like, of course it is, because it looks like exactly like him. Mm. You know, stature and, and, and just his face and stuff. It just, I, I think, and I don't want to go, go into how we feel about it too early, but in terms of like, pre, like initially, I watched the first kind of 20 minutes 30 minutes or whatever and i was like this fucking this actor's good mm-hmm. i'm gonna look i'm gonna look actually like look him yeah. up and everything i was just taking it all at face value for like you know real like presence and charisma and everything and then i was like oh right okay that makes sense yeah 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 so it opens with this the green lime green credits they are and then that great Sorry. sort of title licorice pizza spelt wrong i don't know if i mentioned that and then some <laughs> students preparing for their sophomore photos they're doing their hair in the toilets and somebody lets off a cherry bomb mm. in the toilets was that was that ever a thing that ever happened it seems to happen in every school in america forever but yeah. never this side of no the pond. stink bombs this side of the pond wasn't yeah. it yeah oh, and in romania so- it happened we, we used to have like all these all sorts of little grenades and stuff that you actually like military <laughs> yeah. weapons yeah. And stuff, Chris. <laughs> no but, but you could find things if you want like i don't know how you call them like the the little bombs bangers. and bangers and stuff yeah. So yeah. yeah you would always until there's always one that buys one that says biohazard or something a tiger like 10 the tiger and, and yeah, yeah the, and then you put it down the toilet and the toilet and the wall <laughs> just opens up and cracks <laughs> I, bought, then, I bought tear gas on a primary school french trip once <laughs> right. and and sprayed it in everyone's face nice. really took the enjoyment out of that trip wow yeah, that did actually happen so yeah that happens we don't we didn't call it cherry bombs it was just a bomb yeah so anyway yeah it's school photo day all the students are lining up and alana she's working as an assistant for a local photographer she's offering bored and rude kids a comb or whatever and one kid she's, she's offering them Mirror, mirror, mirror. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which are like immediately like grated on me because, but that's just that's not her fault. One kid, this Gary Valentine, as we'll come to find out, says he'll take it, and he immediately starts trying it on with her, basically with the, all the confidence of a fifty-year-old like <laughs> Lothario, like, like Jack Nicholson. Yeah. yeah, and you know, is she wearing hot Im- pants in that scene? Yeah, she's really. got a short yeah, white. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he immediately asks her out on a date and she laughs it off. What are you like 12? And he says, no, I'm 15. Um, so this is statutory rape. And he says, how old are you to her? And she, she gets all moody about that. She's not supposed to ask a girl that. Yeah. 
a lady. She, yeah. but she is twenty five. Is she? Yeah. Anyway, she does. She kind of likes it. She's teasing a bit. Where are you going to take me? How are you going to pay for it and all that? And that's when he tells her he can pay for it because he's a kind of famous child actor. He lists a bunch of movies he's been in. He doesn't want to brag. Let's not call it a date. I'll just be at this place. I've got a standing recurring dinner evening at this bar, Tale of the Cock. He goes there every Thursday. Just come by and say hello yeah. if it's convenient. Exactly how smooth I was when I, I was, was going say with chicks. Yeah. Uh, Fairly certain I hadn't spoken to a girl at that point in my life. Yeah. Certainly not as smooth as this guy. Yeah, he's backing himself. Yeah. Yeah. But she is absolutely explicit. She says, I'm 25, we can be friends, but not a girlfriend. It's illegal. I mean, yeah. she says it outright to him and he's agreeing with it. And, you know, I just want to spend time with you. And she's charmed by him a little. And she walks off with this big smile on her face saying, maybe I'll see you there. Don't count on it, whatever. And uh, just as she passes the photographer, he slaps her on the ass. <laughs> and so this isn't a school, yeah. right? So, And her sort of lack of response is a sort of jarring acknowledgement of the sort of sexual harassment that she would face at work every kind of day i mm, think yeah. um so yeah it's a great opening scene because we learn everything that we need to know about the characters straight mm. away who they are and what their motivations his energetic youthfulness and charisma and her sort of directionless and also don't get too comfortable around men because they're probably all a piece of shit yeah and you might recognize her because she's in a band yeah with her sister's heim yeah, she's Alana in real life and Alana in this, and her sisters are the family. The whole family's in the movie. Yeah, yeah. When, you, when when you have the dinner scenes with their family, it is her whole family, and they all go by their real names. I think in this, which is, doesn't really mean anything other than only only the surname is changed. Yeah, yeah. because they're, they're in to protect the, the to protect the identity. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's her parents as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 She does turn up to the. But she does go. Yeah, she does go meet him. She does. Yeah, yeah. It's a sort of swanky piano. I think she's, bar. she's more kind of like intrigued by him than anything else. That he's this kind of like. I get that. Cox, he's he's like confident without being too arrogant, and he. he I think got, I think part of the the ass slap and all that is that the older fellas they're all lechy and yeah. like horrible, and she's like, well, I can just go and like chat to someone who's not going to be like horrible yeah, pervert. Yeah, exactly. Like, but so. he does it, even before he goes to the the restaurant, he like says to his friend or maybe his brother, I can't his remember, brother. Says, oh, I met the girl I'm going to marry one day. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of fairly like, matter of factly. I think she likes the fact that at 15, he seems to have life completely figured out mm -hmm. and who he's going to be and what, you know, and she doesn't have that. You know, she's kind of directionless yeah. and she knows. Well, she that. does say that, that in one year's time, you're going to be a millionaire and all That's that. Right. And I'm going to be working at smile and whatever tiny the, toes or tiny something. yeah something yeah. like that whatever the company yeah. was called so she asks about his parents mum works for him in his pr company lol and she doesn't <laughs> know whether he's joking at first and dad is literally never mentioned no. i don't think right no. i think he does say something but he's he, he, throughout the movie he's, he's absent yeah you never see him or hear from him so he could be anywhere i, I think Pretty much, he said either his mom or his dad was in Vegas initially. Yeah, his mom. The mom, yeah. She, yeah, the mom was she, in Vegas, she, and then the dad was something. So yeah. Anyway, mention. the next scene is meeting mother actually Anita reading the copy for restaurateur Jerry Frick and his wife Miyoko over what a, a scene, new Japanese the restaurant they're trying to open. This is a really crazy scene. <laughs> he asks because because Jerry asks his wife Miyoko in this sort of exaggerated racist accent is probably the only way I'm going to be able to say this what she thinks about the copy and she responds in fluent Japanese which he translates <laughs> apparently apparently yeah yeah 
It's a pretty horrible... We're supposed to be appalled. We're supposed to find it funny and appalling and uncomfortable and all the stuff, right? And it's and it's all the more explicit when you know it's inspired by stories from Paul Thomas Anderson's own mother-in-law who was subjected to that kind of casual racism. Right. So, yeah. But it's a pretty difficult scene to watch. I thought it was really funny. I, obviously, I understand the, the layer of it, but... I thought it was really funny. It was funny. Yeah, it was well, funny. It, it, it is funny. I, I've, I've got an Asian missus and it's, you know, it, it's not, I, I, didn't, I didn't find it offensive because I know it's of a time. And so, it's so outrageous. Yeah, it's, it's not so really outrageous. Out. When he did it, I was just like, my mouth was like literally open. Like, it's oh not my God. They've done it very cleverly because they they have the interaction. He speaks, the, the, the mum speaks and then only at the end, he tries to, to speak to her. So th- there's a bit of interaction. They establish a, a kind of a, a relationship with, with the mom. And then he makes that Japanese, well, the American with a Japanese accent, which sounds terrible. But. Yeah. <laughs> Gary's mother is going to be chaperoning him to a, a show, one of his shows in mm. New York, but she can't do it. She has to go off to Vegas again. Yeah. So she pretty much she just says look sorry you're gonna to have to miss out on this one because there's no one to take you no you need someone uh, to chaperone take, you take your 25 year old girlfriend well, why not yeah <laughs> and, and it, uh, yeah literally the very next scene is the two of them on an airplane yeah woohoo party time <laughs> absolutely and then you get introduced to one of the other child actors albeit a bit older yeah lance who's obviously come he doesn't at any point it doesn't say that he's in first class but he keeps saying like oh you guys have got steak steak as well back here oh i'm so glad like i was worried worried for you and everything but he's quite smarmy and everything but he's um, got amazing hair yeah he does yeah but alana's like quite sort of taken you know taken by him because he's uh legal yeah <laughs> which is a bonus yeah. so in new york the sort of lucille ball stand-in lucy doolittle is appearing on this tv show and all the gang are back together to perform a scene from the film that gary he was talking about right at the beginning under one roof which is a horrible musical number but in a done in a really cool long take that starts off stage and comes on stage and weaves around all of the uh, the actors as they're doing it. it's great and then gary thumps the lucille ball character across the back of the head in an improvised thing which she doesn't like and then later makes an inappropriate joke about doing three beavers yeah <laughs> and and she- he but he specifically said to alana oh, i've got a joke for you so like look out for that i'll, I'll give you a little uh, signal or whatever so he does it and, and no one finds it funny <laughs> no although Not she is sitting in the her. audience with an enormous grin on her <laughs> yeah. face yeah yeah she gets she gets like romantic with Lance. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, is not to Gary's taste. He's he's well gel. Yeah. He um, phones her up. Yeah. Oh, he, he sees her when he's having burgers with his mum. That's right. He sees them walking into some restaurant holding hands and then should we have the burgers at home instead of eating them in the car, goes home and then he calls her and Yeah. She recognizes the breathing the heavy breathing yeah, pretty yeah. much because he doesn't say a word but he just <laughs> she told him to stop breathing on their first day but she takes lance home to meet the family and that does not go well yeah we do so it's a friday night shabbos we need to do a shabbos top five shabbos because we've had a few now <laughs> it's just, it be good. It's lebowski 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 and so there's this terrifically awkward social situation where he's asked to bless the bread yeah. and he refuses because he's an atheist my read on this scene is going to be totally different to everybody else's. I thought I thought we should have just done the fucking prayer and just shut up, really. Especially yeah. at that age, if you're 
Yeah. Well, see, I, like, I, so my read is different, and I just think like any youngster, if like there's a chance of like copping off with some girl, you would just do the thing, like you know, that made you like yeah. have a chance. But this this guy's a child actor, and he's really pretentious. Yeah, I suppose and, like, so. Yeah. Regardless of you know atheism yeah. or or not, you know, because he's so pretentious. I mean, the thing is, he does it in a polite way. Yeah. Like they don't like what he has to say she doesn't like what he has to say but he does it in a very so he's very politely saying like you know so i'm gonna have to you know thank you very much for for asking me but i'm gonna have to politely decline kind of thing so he's not being a dick about it but obviously but i don't think like if you i don't you're an atheist yeah if you were a house and somebody said would you say grace would you feel that bothered about it it's it's not going to harm me in the slightest to say something that i have absolutely no belief in just to kind of you know because the situation you know not demands it but would be better for everybody if if you just did it so yeah you go ahead i mean it depends there's obviously a line there at some point you know if they're asking you to do things you're uncomfortable about the jewish Huh? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, it all goes really frostily horrible, and she asks, she angrily asks him what his penis looks like when she's walking back to the car. Um, and he goes, like, it's the first of a couple of lines where, like, they just use, like, you know, they're taken aback by the question. He's like, it's just a regular penis. <laughs> yeah. <Like. laughs> yeah. Gary finds himself in the waterbed business because, mm-hmm. of course, it's the natural progression. <laughs> yeah. I think he's mostly, he sees it, doesn't he? And he's mostly sold on the idea by the attractive shop assistant that it will impress the ladies. So then he goes off to it. He takes the whole gang of friends and a model off to a pop culture expo. The freaking Batmobile is there. Mm. Um, And Herman Munster. Yeah. Played by John C. Riley, And again, it's another terrific long take that starts outside the expo and follows them as they move the whole way through it, up through the rampings, as his mate says, hey, maybe we should get some LSD to help people enjoy the beds. (laughs) Well, initially Uh, he says about weed, and he's like, I I know I had to get LSD. He's like, no, 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 let's just stick to weed. (laughs) Yeah, there's like tons going on, many references, which I'll never get happening on, but really interesting as well. And he pops the model on the waterbed to sell it under the name of the Soggy Bottoms, which Alana will rightfully point out later is a terrible name for a waterbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what you don't want to have. Yeah. If you're in a waterbed, surely. Yeah. Mm. But I so he has this the then business, right? And he the shop, the shop front and I'm like, but he's 15 like what I the know. fuck's going on? And how understand. long is this taking well, no, place over yeah. as well? Wait, 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 wait. First of all, he gets arrested. Yeah, he does at, get for, at for the, murder. At the fair. <laughs> yeah, for murder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is uh, totally random. He, he gets yeah. taken to the police. A mistaken identity. Mistaken yeah. identity. He doesn't know what to do. She runs really fast. Yeah. Flash would have been jealous. Yeah. yeah. So she runs really fast. They release him. Confusion. He's dressed in a pink trousers and white shirt or whatever he has some great threads in that's later on he's got yeah. that oh, pink suit. yeah anyway yeah. He, he's still he's still dressed quite yeah. out there in a way and she she tells him to come out they go back together but then when he opens fat bernie's yeah, yeah. The fat bernie's yeah. water beds that's when they partner up yes so, so in my opinion that's where she is the one that owns or opens it up and then he's oh i see so, so, so it's all in her name. Oh, right, yeah, because she does say she's the business partner yes. and manager as well. Yeah, she's, okay, she's phoning sense. guys and doing like real sultry, you know, like. Well, no, not at first. She's, she's just sales. doing sort of like normal sales pitch, and I, th- I don't know if it was if it harks back to when he first goes into a shop and sees a waterbed for the first time. There's there's a lady there. There's mm. quite a and there's like a an old hippie character yeah. that's like yeah. selling them, but there's there's like a lady at the front. 
and she's really kind of like sexual. provocative and sexual, like yeah, so to, to sexual, him, like yeah, yeah. like you know, trying to get. He's a fifteen-year-old lad, but she's like bringing him, luring him in with her charms to to like lie on the water. I sort of forget. And then the hippie guy comes out and gives it the how much more like sales orientated everything is in the states. Yeah, like, yeah, over yeah. here it's just like if I want something, I just. You know, just go to shop. And it's the thing yeah. that I went to shop to buy that, so I just buy it. Whereas it's much you might, more gimmicky. You, you might just yeah. go to the mall, and they, people are just hustling you sales, sales, everything, sales, sales, sales. Yeah, because they probably get yeah, they're on commission and tips, so much bigger. To, and, yeah, so yeah as opposed to a decent. And so we salary. do get we do get her on the phone to some guy, and he's a bit abrupt and a bit rude, and eventually she's like cottons onto her. She's a well, bit. It's more him like, that says it to yeah. her. Gary explicitly says to her, like you know, yeah. like you know, be a bit sexier or whatever. Yeah. So she goes from sort of like you know business professional yeah. sales pitch yeah. to. Full blown like fucking sex shot. line, yeah. like yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was hot. <laughs> she's got her legs up on the desk while she's doing it. She's like properly got into character, and she's like making loads of like doubler entendres. Mm. So they're desperately trying to get the waterbed business promoted. They go to Mikado's restaurant to see if they can get Jerry Fricks interested in helping promote, and he's there with his new wife Kimiko. <laughs> yeah, and again, there's another scene where he asks her in this exaggerated racist accent what she thinks, and when they ask her, when they ask him, what did she? say he says oh i don't know i don't speak japanese <laughs> <laughs> which makes the, the previous the previous scene even funnier that he was yeah. just pretending to sort of translate what she said but. but anyway after the 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 phone conversation that's when gary gets the idea that she should be an actor and pushes her to to go for an audition or to go and meet his agent <laughs> Yeah, and, and he's like, just say yes to yeah. everything, yeah. absolutely everything. <laughs> so we meet the the agent, and I can't remember the actress's name. She's a terrific character actress. You've seen her in loads and loads of stuff, and she's subjected some really racist shit about her Jewish nose and all this sort mm. of stuff. But equal opportunist racist because everybody's getting it. In yeah, this, in the seventies, and so she says, "Yes, are you athletic? Do you horseback ride? Can you do fencing, baseball, basketball, <laughs> soccer, Krav Maga?" She says, "What's that? Quick draw McGraw." <laughs> Yeah, and then she says, nudity. she looks right at her and she says, You've got fight, you're like a pit bull with sex appeal. <laughs> Which is a and a Jewish one. nose, and a Jewish nose, yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, are you comfortable with, with nudity? And can you speak Portuguese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Latin. She, like, she, but she's like riffing on it, she's just yeah. like throwing out languages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. He, she does say about nudity, and Alana is about to say yes, and Gary mimes to her, No, you don't say, Yeah. And it, this is their big tiff in the car on the way home. He can't believe it. You would show the world your boobs, so you wouldn't show them to me. Yeah. Um, so she does. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she just goes. Is, it, is it immediately or is it a little bit? A no, little no, no, no. She, she goes off she, in a huff. Yeah. She throws the keys down and she walks off and he goes into the house. And then we just see a knock, knock, knock at the door. And she comes in and she's shot from behind. Yeah. And she walks in and she she lifts up her top and he, he goes, goes, Can I touch them? And she <laughs> slaps it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty low. Yeah. So she then meets Jack Holden. Yeah. Yes. Veteran actor played by Sean Penn. Yeah. Your mate. He is a fucking bad end in this. He's amazing in this, yeah. He's just talking about, I don't know. Like, he talks about, I was in the Congo. The jungle is where I'm most at home in the Congo. <laughs> I lost my best friend beheaded in the two, Congo. Yeah. yeah. Two of my best black friends got beheaded. <laughs> and then he says to her, he looks really intensely at her and he says, I'll share any of my intimacies with you, but don't ask me about Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> 
That's great. And, then, I mean, and, and then, in any notices, his mate, he's the real deal, Lothario. He's like Gary Valentine yeah. is actually pretending to be. But anyway, yeah. he notices his mate, the director, I think, of yeah, the movie, yeah. Rex Blau, Tom Waits. It's Tom Waits, yeah. And he's even more bonkers. And he just starts shouting and like corralling the whole restaurant. And he says to Jack about this stunt that you do on the bike. So yeah. fucking amazing. I'm going to go over to the eighth hole because <laughs> they're on this, what do you call it? This whole fucking country club sort of thing. Yeah. I'm going to go over to the eighth hole. And he starts shouting to the waiter, uh, Grease. He wants to get him greased up. Yeah. <laughs> get Grease him up real good. Meet me out there with three wingback chairs, a bottle of like paraffin <laughs> yeah. and, and a load of grease on the eighth hole of the golf course. Yeah. yeah. And then it's just started a bonfire in, yeah. the, in the bunker on one of these golf holes. And but meanwhile, Gary has also turned up at the restaurant. Strong. yeah he, and she's been trying to make him jealous yeah she's like holding jack's hand and looking over at him and like poking her tongue out and just being really stupid the, the thing thing i like about this this gary's character is that you've got all this like like huge he's hugely kind of like overtly confident and successful and he's done all these things and it's he's he's almost like hard to believe that this is a like mm. a 15 year old like, almost like an unbelievable character but he shows glimpses in a lot of the scenes of it so like the one about oh well you'll show everyone in the world your booze but you won't show them to me it's kind of like a childish response to that and then he goes into that restaurant and this jack holden is, is ordering martinis and that and then he just turns around to his friend like i can get his martinis you yeah. want martinis like, you know it's it, there's still like well, in childishness way, jack, and, and immaturity in but, him in him yes even but though, also you would say that jack is Jack, the veteran, is more immature and yeah. more childish than him. Exactly, yes. especially for what's about to happen. Yeah, because yeah. they do go out onto the golf course. He gets Alana on the, you know, what do you call it? Riding pillion. 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 On the back of his motorcycle, like an old Indian or something like that. And There's a real telling uh, moment just before he goes. She says, do you even know my, do you yeah. even remember my name? My real name, yeah. Yeah. And then the whole crowd, the, the entire restaurant has gone out to watch this <laughs> performance and he turns around and he revs and he's just gonna like poot along and jump over this this bonfire in a bunker and it's actually a bit of an anticlimax when he does it because it's not it's not evil Knievel put it that way but as soon as he jams the the accelerator down to hoof it off Alana falls off the back which Gary sees and immediately fucking sprints towards her yeah and that almost becomes more pivotal than the motorcycle it's it's really about Gary going to her but we do see the bike go over and he just goes over this fairly pathetic well, he jump, does the jump but he crashes the... he crashes when he lands he just doesn't break he, you know he's so fine he just, yeah, yeah. he just falls over and he's fine everyone's cheering but really we're more interested in Gary running over and yeah. making sure that she's okay and they run off and they go back to the waterbed there's a shot. great needle drop of let me roll it by Paul McCartney and Wings. There was also yeah. some David Bowie in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to get like to that in a clocks. minute. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, Riggs, a bit loving it. And he, I like that song. She falls asleep first on the waterbed. They're just having a nice moment together and he just hovers his hand yeah. <laughs> right over her boob, but he's too respectful to... He is literally millimetres from sexually assaulting her. That's um, pretty much the like the gap of what between doing it and not doing it like right there isn't it but he doesn't do it but he doesn't do he's, it he's a you know he's a young lad who had the chance to cop a feel and you know he, he's like no i'm not gonna do that god <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway so. the tv starts talking about the global oil embargo mm. mad max style and lana immediately twigs this is going to be a problem since vinyl is made of oil which uh, she's like do you know that yeah i, was like, I don't know i thought it was yeah, made well, out of plastic yeah. so I thought it was, that's also made yeah. out of what you do. yeah rubber yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that's when we get the pretty gratuitous life on mars drop over a, another great long shot of gary running past all the parked cars out waiting for petrol yeah and we get to meet bradley cooper 
Yeah. So they've yeah, got so one last job, it yeah. seems. He, so he's John Peters. Yeah. His girlfriend is Barbara Streisand. Sand. 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 <laughs> Remember Streisand. that. Streisand. <laughs> he gets very agitated about that. Um, it's it's, it's, a, it's obviously an uncom- an, it's a funny scene, but it's an uncomfortable scene. It's like <laughs> every scene that he's he's only in it for like I don't know a couple of scenes over fifteen minutes or so. He's a maniac. Yeah, he's just a flat out maniac. But he, he gets all the he, tail. like nearly sexually he assaults gets all he the gets tail. All the tail. He gets all up in Alana's face, yeah. like in the, in the in later on in the truck. But first of all, he's just really, really aggressively. In Gary's face, he about- says, "You can shove your excuses up your penis hole. <laughs> how and big then, is your penis hole? Like, how big's your penis hole?" And he's yeah. like, oh, it's, "It's regular size." <laughs> and he imagine says- my excuse shoved up there. <laughs> yeah. And then he leans in really aggressively to him, and he says, "We speak the same language. We're both from the streets, which is a real because obviously John Peters is a real guy, yeah. right? A real lunatic who was a producer and inspired the." Walter Socek character oh, in, uh, right, okay. yeah so and he's got loads of crazy he was a guy who wanted to put a spider in the Nick Cage crazy Superman film and there's loads of weird stories about John right. Peters and all yeah anyway the scene ends with him threatening to kill Gary and his whole family if they mess his house up while <laughs> so he, yeah I was like he oh. says I'm going to choke your brother right out in front of you and Steve is going to kill your dog <laughs> and but then I was, I was, when I was watching I was thinking I think he's still going to do something. I think he's still going to fuck him over, and he does. So when they're filling the waterbed in the in was it Barbara Streisand's house? Streisand, yeah. And they just pull the hose out and just like fuck it, just like let it. Well, I think at first they're, they're filling it up, and the hose kind of like pops out. I thought he just pulled it out. No, he pulled it up. Oh, did he pull yeah, it out? And he, and he, kind of, he looks up. at Lana, like waiting for her approval, and she's like, "Yeah," and they just yeah, leave her on the floor. Just, and leave he it. said he's going to kill Kurt. He threatened to kill Kurt, yeah. which yeah. is his brother, and he's like. He pulls yeah, the thing fuck out. Him, yeah. yeah. And they do a runner, but unfortunately don't get far because when they're like <laughs> 10 minutes down the road, if that, yeah. what's his face? John Brad, Peters, Bradley he flags Cooper's, them down. Well, it's, it? yeah, it's, it's, it's worth saying, so they're late to, to deliver because of the petrol yeah. crisis and everything. And then he was like, oh, no, you fucking idiot. Like, you know, see that? What's that? That's a Ferrari Daytona and it's got a full tank of gas because yeah. I'm going to the picture like, and everything. I'm taking Barbara Streisand. <laughs> And then obviously they get in the van and they drive down the road and they find that he's run out of petrol because it, it doesn't. He's way, but they don't, they, first they just see him charging up the road, probably thinking, "Oh fuck, you know he's found yeah. out." And it's just he needs a lift back yeah. to get his jerry can, a, a yeah. jerry can to go and fill it up. And whilst he's just like almost like violently assaulting someone at the petrol pump, they just think. Well, now's the time to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, that, that's just the you nearly get the flamethrower. Yeah, he just grabs the <laughs> yeah, grabs the hose and holds the lighter in front of it, points to the guy's face. He's like, is it my pump now? Is it my pump? Like, yeah, yeah, and you would you would absolutely do a runner and leave him. Yeah, and, and they but, do do that, and they but, go past well, the stricken and, and, Ferrari. And he's he's that, that's there's that scene in in the cab of the the truck where he's driving past so, yeah. the Ferrari Daytona like carefully, and he leans right across, and he's basically just just like. Fucking sexually, she he is sexually assaulting yeah. her while she's driving because he's he's like, like I'll, I'll steer or I'll, you do yeah. the pedals and he's and right steer. in her face. He's like oh and you you smell so good and everything. He's mm. just such a fucking like it's horrible wretch. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyway, after they bin him off at the petrol station, they go back past the the stopped Ferrari and Gary gets the idea in his head to beat the <laughs> shit out of it with a baseball bat. No, it's a tire iron. It's a tire. Yeah, it's iron. A tire he just iron. smashes the windscreen a few times. And, Literally, and just you know as it. the truck runs out of fuel, <laughs> it's amazing. So then we get this one of the, just an incredibly tense like action scene yeah basically of alana having to she like freewheel the truck 
What? That's got to be CGI. Surely. She did it. They, she, said, they said all the scenes of her of her driving the cab. She drove. Yeah, but when? Nah, mm, she did it for real. I don't know. But, but when she said you've got to push, I thought, well, how's he going to push it up there? Yeah, <laughs> it was downhill. Everything <laughs> was downhill yeah, though. Yeah, I know. And she is booting it downhill in this massive truck. In that's fully laden mm. in reverse. It's also, I have to say, it's one of them that normally for a suspense you have some soundtrack or some yeah. some this was very silent yeah so i think it made it even more yeah. gripping yeah. because there wasn't just the noise of the car yeah. and nothing else yeah i, th- I thought it was brilliant the way yeah, just like the tire screeches yeah stuff, i didn't yeah. know that she's apparently done the stunt by herself and everything was real but it was really good though they eventually yeah. come to a standstill they make it down unscathed and they but and she just kind of takes herself off to the side of the road and just thinks fuck we're what we're doing i'm just like <laughs> yeah. I'm and, and we get our last snippet of john peters again yeah as he's like he's like Stop. smashed he holds a bin through a window <laughs> through a window and then you see him <laughs> no storm reason. off but then you see two like young tennis players it looked like, walk it looked like one turn. of the one of the, the girls looked like you know that famous picture they ever yeah. had in the oh, 80s yeah, the, the short, short scare yeah. the tennis ball like, to, he says to her do you want a peanut and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich which apparently was his real chat up line really mm. okay so he was fine really it was just going on from one deranged thing to another <laughs> yeah. just a lunatic anyway while she's waiting for the boys to come back with petrol she sees a sign for joel wax running for mayor of california a congressman mm. and she volunteers to help his campaign calling up an old friend brian and quickly becoming a pretty much an integral part of joel wax's team i would say mm. just overnight really yeah and she brings in Gary and his team to help shoot a campaign video. And, you know, she seems genuinely inspired by his messages, but Gary is jealous. And then later they have an, an argument, don't they, when he overhears something about pinballs machines being legalized. And he's like, oh, and he starts phoning people up. I'm going to get on the board. Well, of he just market. he starts like doing that as opposed to doing anything for the campaign. Yeah, he, he just because he's got. This She's kind outraged of, by it because she she really believes in the yeah. things that he's talking She's about. She's a true believer. Justice. Gary's and, just an entrepreneur. He's yeah. just trying to like make it make it. You know, well, this why, is brazen hucksterism. Yeah. Is, is, is why would pinball machines? It was. Been it illegal? was genuinely was illegal, and I've why? got the dates because it was gambling. Apparently, gambler. Blah, 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 blah. It was banned from 1939 to 1973 mm. on the grounds that it was a legal form of gambling. So they made but, it illegal. But firearms uh, gambling on are what? Fine. Gam- yeah. and it's like it's a game yeah. where you score points I don't really understand so he does he, he basically swaps out the waterbeds for it makes pinball. it like a gambling arcade you know yeah. a pinball arcade he's um, really horrible to her he's, when they they fall out and he says oh you'd still be taking pictures of children at high school if it wasn't for me yeah, yeah. I mean, really he horrible. is a fucking child okay? and there's a, one probably of also guys, true yeah Harsh. There's a guy who is smashing one of the pinball machines around. Yeah. That's called tilt. Yeah. You can't do that. And they, the modern gamers would have a thing that would an would alarm like go off. Yeah. yeah, and he's a real wanker. I was hoping that guy was going to get beat up or something, but he doesn't. He just, no. Well, he cut, this is when Gary's in his awesome white and pink suit. Yeah, it's rad. And, we actually see him um, go for his fitting for the suit. Yeah, because he tries to throw that guy out. Yeah, and he can't. Just sort of impotently. No, no. And then, then he, he sees the some tiny out. kid doing yeah. the same thing, <laughs> and he throws him out. It's hilarious. Yeah. And then later. Alana's been throwing herself into her work and there's been a freaky long-haired guy also Mm. hanging around the work and it's not really clear what's going on and she receives a call just as she's leaving the office sort of he's asking her to come for a drink but it's clear immediately even by the phone conversation that he's uncomfortable in what he's asking right you never 
really thought as she thinks she's going for a date, but as an audience member, you never really do. Oh, I, I, and, I, I, um, I didn't. I didn't. I think thought it, was, it sounded quite sexual in a way. Yeah, right. was well, like you just a. Oh, do you want to I come for a drink? I, I figured read they'd, into it any more than. I thought that he was because he'd said a couple of times like oh you know like you've you've been amazing and like you're such a big part of this and just he, he's been showering her with praise and then he's yeah, he's, but he's also call. he's introduced being extremely evasive about his dating history that's his, literally how he's introduced when he's being interviewed they're like oh, where's I Brody? just got well, well for, for, anyway, for an obvious so, reason that, that you then yeah he's find closeted out, yeah. but ju- just before that is there not I mean the, the, there's something kind of evolving with her and Brian as well which doesn't ever seem like yeah, it culminate that's in anything That's why he was so keen to get her in because he yeah. had the hots for her. Yeah. Yeah. And she is hot. Mm. Um, but yeah, they get, she gets, she's she been basically the brought there to beard for wax yeah. and his boyfriend who are having a lover's tiff basically. Yeah. And, and because, breaking because up. that guy, the guy with the long hair is, is in the restaurant and is basically spying, you know, trying yeah. to get some, some dirt on, on wax. So yeah. he's worked that out and he's out having a meal with his boyfriend. So, yeah. She orders a vodka gin martini with an olive and a lime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they just keep asking her, do you want this? Yeah, vodka or martini? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those. It's like her and... <laughs> uh, audition all over again. Yes to everything. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a sad scene. She goes home with the boyfriend and they, you know, he... He's he's he wants Wax to be more public about his relationship with him, but he can't, and he's committed to the work. So well, he's just like he's been completely sidelined, and yeah. it's just a, like a dead end. So they she, they, they bond says, over their men trouble. Yeah, well, he says to her, "Do you have a boyfriend?" And she says, "Yes and no." And she and he says, "Is he a shit?" And she and he she says, "Yes." He had been at that and point. They cry. They all are, aren't they? Yeah. And then there's a big running finale now. At this point, really. They run across town to find yeah, each other. Yeah, because the sisters are, are they, in the they, pinball arcade they, and Gary's gone over like asking questions and that. And, he, and again, he's, 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 it's endearing the way he does it. He goes over and like compliments them first and everything. And, and yeah, it is a means to an end, but he's also like, there's a sense it's it's genuine. But he's, he's asking about Alana and they're like, you know, why don't you go and find out? You know where she works. So he's running to her work. She's had this like, frustrating kind of like misunderstanding situation that's actually quite horrible really so she thinks right you know gary makes me feel good i'm gonna go and well he's honest and he loves her and yeah uh, and she loves him I think. yeah well yeah. i think that's kind of where we get to don't they they literally run into each other outside of a movie theater like literally smack into each other don't they yeah and outside of a movie theater playing an in it was a, a bond movie wasn't it live and let die yeah Film. Uh, best mm. best bond again yeah <laughs> all sorts of decent and uplifting symbolism about movies and all sorts if you want it there and then he brings her back to the pinball place and introduces her as mrs alana valentine yeah it's pretty full on yeah and she just calls him a dick yeah an idiot is, i think yeah and well, then they kiss they do, do, have yes, yeah. they do have a kiss yeah and uh and, and it's not awkward at all to him being 15 but and then she thinks, "Oh, I love you," or something. And she tells she tells together. him that she's in love with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I took the between the, the first scene of the film and finding out what age both of them are to that point. There, I'm assuming more than just like a week had gone past. Yeah, like it's, the, it's not like you don't set five up years like political later, campaigns. It's... It doesn't say that explicitly, but I'm guessing that that this is over a, no, a, I think it was a, the same a year, year or so. I think it was this it was just like a, a summer or right, a okay. year. Because I'm assu- I was assuming that by this time Well I he think was... it doesn't really make well, sense. Because there is the part, there is the part... I don't part... know that 
Well, there is the part where he goes, he gets in the car, and she's going, don't you fucking dare get in that car and everything. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing he's still under 16 because you can drive at 16 in the States, right? 14 in some states. 14? Yeah. Jesus Christ. He still looks uncomfortable when he was driving, though. Yeah. yeah you yeah. could see okay, he was... Okay, so yeah, he probably still was 15 at the end of it, then. Yeah, it's not really clear how long yeah, it takes to play, place over. I don't think it really, yeah, it's not... I don't think it is, like, literally one long summer. I think it's all these stories of mm. shit that happened yeah. so yeah that what is, did you think that was the end of the film yeah I thought it looked amazing like now the the time period I think it just looked incredible and was the real homage I just thought the film was like completely inconsequential and I found a lot of it to be just just kind of like a, a few set pieces really I didn't like some of his other stuff's like amazing and I just didn't I didn't get that feel of the story was just like a couple of kids i don't know i didn't i didn't find there were like a whole lot of romance that you could really get behind um, well, yeah because it's the romance is kind of yeah it, squicky in especially yeah the so it was just kind of it just kind of bimbled along a bit for me it was it was okay it was just okay i was just a little bit disappointed by it yeah i, I, I took it i mean I, I don't know who directed it i didn't look into it i don't know who did direct it? Paul Thomas Anderson. And other films. Boogie of, Nights, Punch Drunk Love, um, which the Master, There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood. Not seen any of those films, so I've got nothing to compare it to. <laughs> Taking it at face value, I, re- I liked it. Really liked it. I, I liked it. So I definitely liked it. I thought that, like the performances were fantastic. I did think Visually, the Visually, like yeah. you say, it... it you know, it was a cool soundtrack. Mm. It was a really odd bit in when he gets arrested and he's in the police station. It's almost like music from the Jungle Book. It's mm. really weird. Like, mm. but a lot of really good songs in it. Loads and like the performances were great. That like the the light relief and the you know, I did I did kind of buy into the love story. Like it it it, it was you know I, I I got on board with it. I felt it was a bit long. Really, it was twenty two hours twenty something like that, yeah. and and possibly didn't need to be. I, I thought there was points in time when I just thought, okay, you can get to a conclusion with this now and, and that'd be great. And it kind of seems to just like extend a bit longer than it, than it needed to. So, but it was, it was a, it was a good film. Performances were fantastic. You know, C- C- Cooper Hoffman. Yeah. I mean, he, he's just going to go on to yeah. be massive. Not bigger than that. Bigger than that. He's going to be large, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it a little she's, bit too long for me. She was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. She was brilliant. Yeah. And, and like the fact that, you know, their family, obviously. So I, I did, I, because when I found out at the end, I didn't find out to the end that the family were her family because yeah. they all had the same surname. So I looked up and the, and the dad seems like a bit of a, you know, maverick. He was a, a Israeli professional footballer. He like came he like at a high level, like top division, came runner up, think won a local, like a domestic cup and everything like that. And then he was like front man in a band as well and everything. So there's obviously star quality in the mm. family that, that they've kind of like inherited. So brilliant performances and enjoyable film for me. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. A bit strange in, in a way that it kind of went from a, a slow drama or, or slow bits to a, a few fun bits and then a, another intense moment yeah. and then another comedy and and then in the end you kind of see that they have to end up together and all that because it's an american love story or whatever but yeah the, the, i kind of agree with you the, the characters were well played the music was good most of the scenes were well well acted and i, I have to say a bit long but i did enjoy it just because it was a bit different you you don't get to see 
<coughs> normally it will be a, a very straightforward uh, line. And also the love story, t- to your point, I think is actually better like this mm-hmm. because n- <laughs> this is sounds really bad, but in the end, generally, when you end up with your girlfriend, you're not the first choice and she's not the first choice generally especially if you know someone for a while and if you're friends 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 you fancy each other but you always kind of look at something else and then you end up together in life generally that's what happens so i think they kind of nailed that one pretty good because you can see he's looking at girls his age there's that thing in the bathroom when alana meets Mm. i can't remember the other girl in the chinese in the japanese restaurant where she's like oh does he ask you to give him hand jobs all the time frisbee yeah Yeah, yeah. does does he ask you to give him hand jobs all the time yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) so so, things like that so i i i I did enjoy it it was it was good highly recommend yeah i did really like this i think you know a lot of the references i only half got and it pines for a world that's really just beyond my memory really to be honest but paul thomas anderson's like brilliant filmmaking craft is on display in most of the scenes Mm -hmm. and there's good stuff about youth and friendship and a bit about love and a lot about how awful men are and uh, yeah highly highly recommended i think not my favorite paul thomas anderson i think some of his other work is better but still his work is all of such a high standard that this is just great filmmaking and really well you know well acted well everything well done well done strong recommend Pete, this might be the kind of age range you're looking at, 12 forever. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the kids thing that we watched this week. It's on Netflix. I know, I watched it. And it is called 12 Forever. It's by a lady called Julie Vickerman, who worked on Clarence, Rick and Morty, Harvey Girls Forever, Paradise PD, and the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, right. pedigree. A strong pedigree. And it's about a girl called Reggie... It's her twelfth birthday. She's ginger. Yeah. But she she's she's at the dinner table with her brother, her mother, and her just her pal, is it? Who's over for dinner? I never quite got what the relationship no, was. No, it wasn't with, but he, I, let's he, call them pal. Yeah. Yeah, because he didn't they looked alike, the family, but he didn't he was an outlier, so I I assumed he was just a friend. And it's her birthday and her mother's got her some gifts and it's like fairly excruciating for her because they're like practical yeah fairly mundane things so like a flowery not, top she, she wants to play with battle toy she, melissa she's she she's still like super into her toys and using her imagination and her mother's just bought her like deodorant yeah and some other stuff and i think there was even a like hairbrush. a as a razor yeah and then like the most excruciating of all is her first bra mm. yeah which is like on display for her brother and her friend to see and yeah. she's just like her absolutely brother tries it on doesn't <laughs> no it's her friend it's, oh, very, it's, friend. it's very yeah. supportive he said and she's absolutely mortified and then her mum there was quite a lot of relatable content coming up because her mum's like right we're gonna have a clear out yeah because and she announces this when she brings the presents over in the first instance no can't have all this new stuff if there's no room to to put it which i've said to my daughter about a million times (laughs) so we're gonna have a garage sale yeah and get rid of all your old shitty stuff she's getting rid of stuff like there's a figurine made out of chewing gum called chewing gum stanley (laughs) and an old teddy brown roger (laughs) her brother her brother's far too cool but he can tell he's really cut up 
about losing his favourite toy as well. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 don't get rid of it. I can get more if we sell it on eBay. And then he's, but he's too cool to admit that he still likes it. So she says, no, don't worry, I'll, I'll sort it all out. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. So he takes all of her toys to her bedroom. Mm. And then speaking to her friend, what was his name? Todd? Or was that her brother? I can't remember. I didn't get the kit, the the sidekick's name. I'm so sorry. But they, she says, "Well, I know what we'll do." Yeah, and you just kind of think, "Well, what Todd, you do? Todd what, is her friend. Yeah. Why didn't you think of this immediately?" But they take it to their imaginary world. Which well, is... first of all, they just she goes, "I know what we'll do," and they take these magical keys out, and then they just become <laughs> beams of light. There's no. So the, this is series one, episode one, and yeah. there is no like hint. No, other than if you've seen like the artwork around the you know the program on netflix that there's a magical other land so they they, endless island yeah they whip out this like rainbow key and just disappear off into this like vortex into this other magical place which is so fucking derivative of adventure time yeah so shamelessly yeah ripped off yeah sadly yeah but she does also land in an automated car chicken as well, so that is pretty cool, <laughs> which explodes. But yeah, it is a bit unfortunate. They decide to go and find somewhere to stash her stuff. That's why they're in the Endless. Um, She's put it on her backpack, and yeah, they just bury it, but not Brown Roger, because he'd get covered in sand. There's a, a weird grey thing, freaky out, that he hasn't got a gift for her it's birthday. Funny, yeah. And then there's a character called Tasty Troy, who's a walking sideboard with a head on it, and he... like. <laughs> pushes a balloon out of his drawer like he's giving birth do they say did you, did you make that and he's like he says yeah. something weird like, yeah what if you, you think so <laughs> and then the balloon like flies off and it's absorbed into the back of a sentient starfield named galaxander um, yeah and then he mistakes her rucksack for her for her he's like is that your son <laughs> yeah it's a place full of absolute freaks anyway She's got the label maker from her mum's. Yeah, she's really disgruntled about that. And she just fucking hurls it because they've got superpowers like miles away and it lands in a... Like like, a tar pit or something. Tar pit, Yeah. yeah. And manifests, of course, a giant sentient label maker in a stream. Yeah. Back in the real world, the mum doubts. She's like full of self-doubt. Did she have the right idea making Reggie, you know, give up her stuff? It's clear she doesn't really understand her daughter's internal life of mm. imagination. And also she can't find her label maker. Um, <laughs> she's getting rid of like really shit stuff, like half-burnt candles and stuff like yeah. that. And she's, she's not really... She seems to have a disconnect with her daughter, like you say. She doesn't know what's going on really with her life. But we go back to the endless, the endless, and the appearance of the label maker monster. Yeah, and all of the things that were in her backpack that she buried in the sand have now sort of come to life, including what was it, mac and beefcake or something? These like, yeah, this- oh, yeah they're a, a wrestling. Like power couple, cup power couple, yeah, yeah, the and a sentient bag of marbles, <laughs> the two of them, and the chewing bag toy, ch- the chewing gum thing, yeah, chewing gum Stanley, yeah, he's come to life, and so yeah, they had just had basically end up having a huge battle with the uh, label maker thing. It was quite inventive because it was using the label, you know, to swat them around, and yeah, there was some octopus thing that could excrete weapons for her, yeah, so she would Flats. request and he. <laughs> <laughs> I need something that's long range, but that wouldn't work. And she got like pinned to the wall with the yeah. label maker stuff. And basically it was all what she could conjure up with her imagination was what she was going to use to get out of this situation. Yeah. But yeah. I just couldn't help watching it feeling like I'd seen this stuff done before. I mean, there were like imaginative characters in it, but they yeah. even like 
the art, the, you know, the, the visuals just looked like Adventure Time. Yeah. And it was just like, we'll just transplant, you know, Finn for a girl. You know, like, mm, yeah. Really? But if if you watch further on down the series, it she's, she's actually a queer character. Is she? Yes. Well, I liked, I was going to say, I liked the fact that it was about a 12-year-old who didn't want to grow up and the world was kind of trying to force her to and she didn't want to. Um she was supposed to be kind of inspired Peter Pan, like the hair colour and all that was supposed to be like like a nod to Peter Pan and all that Makes sort sense. of stuff. And she has a crush on girls later on in the series, but it did get cancelled after this one series, which is a shame. Because it did it also you know, it it did it I don't want to say rip off, but certainly had a look similar to, but still had some moments in it I thought were quite interesting. And we also get Matt Berry playing the butt witch and Noel Fielding later on right. in it as well. So there's loads of good voice acting talent in mm. there. Are you interested in Common Sense Media's opinions? Yeah, always. I've got two reviews from adults here. Both of them take points off because she she they both comment on the saggy breasts that fall oh, over the, the pants of the mother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, being appalled by that. So appalled. A bit of body shaming in that as well. I thought it might have been the gay stuff because they were fucking terrified by trans people at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. No, not trans. The drag drag stuff is like completely outrageous. Yeah. So yeah, I I felt like watching this. There was a couple of like amusing moments, but I couldn't help but feel like I'd seen it before. Yeah, I'd shame. have to agree. I think all the stuff with the with Reggie and what she's going through and her imagination and her relationship with her mum and all that is interesting. But the other stuff is really a bit quite derivative. Isn't yeah, it, it was. Yeah. So, but, you know, representation stuff is cool, but we've seen that in, in She-Ra. Not that you can ever have too much of that, but just the story-wise and everything has been like, mm. Mm. I, f- I found myself thinking exactly what you just said there. I've, I've seen this sort of stuff before. It's just a, like another wacky regurgitation yeah. of it or iteration of it, but getting pulled back in by some of the, yeah. like, you know, funny moments yeah. or, you know, quirky moments and everything so it wasn't it wasn't dreadful again it's definitely not pitched at us us guys here as as an audience i I wouldn't mind seeing what my i've got an 11 year old daughter i wouldn't mind seeing what she thought of it yeah she would be quite interesting. it might be something that that, that she'd get on board with so i might recommend it to her see what she thinks but yeah if i never see another episode it wouldn't bother me but if if it was on and my daughter did get into it and she watched it I'd, a, I'd probably be a strong in. recommend right yeah exactly oh i changed the record but we don't know what we're going to watch next week do we we're getting more shambolic by the week i think we had some murmurings about doing something based on our names maybe i don't know but we'll see we'll see how we get on with that idea how it gestates over the week all that remains for now is to say sidey signing out the reads out ta-ta bye <laughs>